Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Bum, bum, ba, bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. It's not quite that bad, don't be so uh, so dramatic. It was pretty bad for both of us. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, it wasn't great. Uh, this week it's week two, so we're going to have a look over uh, an exciting weekend of football, which just started on Thursday with the Bills hosting the Jets and ended with the Eagles visiting the Bears on Monday night. And we'll also run through a suit, uh, some of our thoughts on the week three games. Uh, before we do, though, let's have a look at the, uh, the around the league, what's going on. How's, how's things, Jay? You all right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm recovered. I've, I've watched a game, so you know I'm, I'm, I'm all right, and and a lot of running around at the moment, so I'm a little bit hectic in here, there, and everywhere. So, uh, but otherwise, fine. Excellent. Let's have a quick look. Firstly, at the the uh, divisional pick'em picks. So it's uh, the though you got published on Sunday, Sunday morning, was it? You put you put those up? Yes, I, I was having fun into Saturday evening, fiddling with HTML, um, trying to get my table sorted. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, no, thank you very much. It is much appreciated, and it was for the uh, the other guys who have uh, entered as well. Um, so there's ten entrants this year um, in the inaugural divisional pick'em competition, uh, ranging from fan groups for the likes of the Dolphins, Lions. Buccaneers, Bears, Texans, and Cardinals, and also some fellow podcasters as well. So the Aussie Guys NFL and the uh, the Going Long uh, UK podcast as well have uh, have taken part in the uh, divisional pick'em uh, this year. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Are you uh, was there any any particular picks that you uh, that that you thought were, were were kind of surprising to you when you uh, when you saw them? I, I remember we went through them earlier. I'm trying. I haven't had that close a relook of them. I mean, I'm, I'm worried about a couple of mine already. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. We're only we're, we're only a couple of weeks in. It's it's already getting to that point where you start to think. Oh, I don't know about. That. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure. Mine. Yeah, my picks gonna come off though. Which which ones in particular you, you're talking? Uh, um. Well, I was sort of feeling. That I feel that I was right with my um selection of the Colts not being that great, but it would appear that the Jags are not what I thought they were. <laughs> no, they certainly they're certainly not so far. Are they? It's. Uh, it's. I mean, I. I had them to. Uh, to come second. Uh, uh, yeah. I. I. I'm, I think you might be right. I don't think uh, they're going to be anywhere near that. I think everybody. Every, pretty much everybody else had them to come kind of. Kind of. Kind of third. Really. Um, so it was. Uh, yeah. I think you're. Uh, I think you're right. Looking at. Looking at mine. Um, yeah. My AFC East. I was very. Uh, I was. I was very. I know, I know. I'm always looking at the dolphins with uh, with rose tinted spectacles, but uh, mm, second, I'm not quite sure. Yes, uh, uh, but then again, I have Washington going um, top in the NFC East, and that mm. doesn't look like it's happening either, does it? No, uh, Books UK um, went for. I think I mentioned this when we were going through the the original kind of when we were looking at it a couple of weeks ago. He's gone for Broncos to come to to come bottom of the AFC West. Well, you know, it could go horribly wrong. Well, yeah, that's a fair, fair point. Any is there any on there that you've uh, that you've seen that, that are particularly inspired ones at the beginning of the season when you looked at them, you thought, "Oh, I don't know about that." That now are actually uh, actually coming coming good and looking looking pretty good. Uh, I think it's too early to t- read too much of it. I'm just looking yeah. to see if anybody was sharp enough to um, pick the the Giants. And there are a couple of people who did who did back them. Um, yeah. yeah, British Bird Gang and Bucks UK both have the Giants top of theirs, and that's looking pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, early days. I wouldn't read too much into it, but it's certainly a, a fun thing for everybody to keep their eye on and I'll look forward to posting the results at the bottom at the end of the season that's it I think we'll have a uh, the next time you'll probably hear from us on this we'll probably do a, uh, a bit of a mid-season uh, catch up on it and see where when we're after when we're after kind of eight games something like that eight week eight week nine um, and then we'll uh, we'll see where we're getting so so the way it's going to work um, as I said before one point per team 
uh, that you've picked in the correct position and a bonus point for getting all four in, in the correct uh, order in the same division uh, so that uh, is a total of uh, 20 points per conference 40 points in total and yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting as that as I always as I always say but the, uh, the full list of picks is now at uh, the, the wrongfootball.com forward slash divisional slash pickum slash 2016 the second piece of news, let's have a look at the Raiders. Um, so, as we know, the LA, uh, the Rams have moved into LA this year. One of the teams that they were looking to potentially move uh, at the beginning of the end of last season uh, was the, the Raiders to move, to move from Oakland. And they've taken a step forward this week towards potentially leaving uh, Oakland and moving to, to Las Vegas. Um, the, the city, or a group that are representing the city, uh, have unanimously recommended $750 million of public money to go towards a new $1.9 billion dollar stadium in vegas that's that's huge isn't it well it is when you say is this like the steering group from the local um politicians because because yeah. you kind of I, I read your notes but i've not this is not something i've heard about in particular i've been too wrapped up in trying to catch up with the games we were recording a day early for those of you <laughs> who, who are interested in our routine i don't know why you would be and so i'm a little bit unprepared on that side of things but um Potentially, certainly, yes, because 750 million of public money is a lot of money, particularly when you consider these are billionaire owners. Mm. Um, I'm still not entirely sure that having a team will be good for the players in Vegas with all the temptations that are going there, but um, we shall have to see how things go. I hadn't thought of that as a, uh, as, a as a thing for the players. Some of the personalities of the players, um, a little bit addictive, should, should we say. Uh, <laughs> certainly, certainly there will be plenty of ways for them to let off steam yes let's, let's put it that way it's a good way, good, good way of putting it um, well they, yeah they, as I say they didn't obviously get the, the move that they wanted to LA last year so it looks like this could be this could be a pretty good option obviously they've still got to get the I think it's 24 of the 32 club owners have to approve that any move is that something like, something like that isn't it about 24 yeah, I mean, the curious thing for me about all this is the fact, obviously, there was a lot of momentum before about getting... The league wanted a team in LA. Mm. Um, although, as I've said before as well, I, I do wonder if having lost LA is a stick to beat other franchises with when they're trying to get new stadiums. It's like, well, if you don't get one, you know, LA, nudge, nudge, big market. Maybe they're setting up <laughs> Las Vegas to be the next LA. But we should just have to see both how the Raiders do and also the big one that's coming up is the public voting for the Chargers um, in San Diego I think that's in November that they're voting on that what's that I haven't heard about that one Oh, that's about, uh, there's a big vote about um, whether, I think it's something like 4p per hotel visit um, for all um, city visitors to fund um, the public segment of uh, the new stadium in San Diego. That's how they're doing this one. Uh, that's Yeah, that's how they're, they're doing the, the Vegas one. That's how they've, they've put together that $750 million. That's a hell of a lot of uh, couple of short night stays, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but you know, Las Vegas certainly has the hotel traffic. It certainly does. Yeah. Do you think is there any other cities that uh, you think in America that particularly need a franchise? Uh, there none. It's interesting. If you'd asked me that about basketball, I could name you at least one off the top of my head. But go on. Uh, the Seattle. Seattle should never have lost the Sonics. It was a terrible, terrible thing that um, Oklahoma stole it, particularly as the <laughs> guys who bought the teams that they weren't going to move them, and then promptly did. And there should be a team in Seattle. But I'm trying to think. I mean. I feel sorry for the St. Louis fans, but they weren't exactly holding it. But, I, I mean, I want the Chargers to stay in San Diego. And to be honest, I want the Raiders to stay in Oakland. I mean, the Oakland Raiders feels right. Yeah. But we'll just have to see how it goes. That's it. Well, you know where the next city to get a, uh, a franchise away, don't you? London. Yep, that's it. <laughs> don't think it's happening, mate. Keep telling you, regular se- full slate of regular season games, logistics are a nightmare. Give it two years. Give it two years, there'll be an announcement. 
So it comes to the end of week two, and uh, we've we've taken a look at some of the games this week. The first one was the Thursday night game. It was the New York Jets travelling to Buffalo uh, to play the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it was the first colour rush game of the year. It was um, uh, well, it was a pretty unremarkable game. I thought um, it was thirty-seven points to thirty-one. Really? It finished. Yeah, I didn't think it was particularly good. But but there was no defence played at all. It was just like a crazy long touchdown after crazy long touchdown. I really enjoyed it. Well, I thought that, no, I, I would disagree. There was no defense at all. I thought the the Buffalo defense made made the Jets' offense work fairly hard. Certainly at the beginning, first drive of the game took eight and a half minutes, and they still ended up with a field goal. Yeah, okay, right. Let, let's sum this up properly. As I, I wrote about it at the weekend, the run defense <laughs> in the early part of the game for the Bills was pretty good, but they weren't able to stop them. Um, in the passing game, pretty much all game. And if you look at them, there was something like 8 of 12 on mm. third down conversions. And a fair few of them were long, but they just didn't seem to be able to cover the receivers. And so, yeah, the Jets' biggest problem wasn't so much they couldn't move the ball in the early game, is that the first couple of drives, they um, weren't very efficient in the red zone and came away with two field goals. But if you took away that and take into account the fact that Pills got two very long touchdowns, like one of 84 yards pass and one of 74, yeah. if you took... You, this game was the Jets played a lot better and sort of beat the Bills a lot more than the the um, scoreboard necessarily suggests. But mm. I thought it was a very entertaining game. Yeah, well, like, like you mentioned, also Tara Taylor got hot, over hot, well over half of his yards uh, in, and both of his touchdowns from from just two plays, which was which was incredible for uh, for a full game of football. And and the, and the Bills' offensive coach um, or the offensive coordinator, uh, Greg Roman, was fired the day after, wasn't he? Yeah, and I wrote about this at the time because um, he was the highest paid assistant in the league. Uh, one suspects as much as anything that was um, Rex Ryan making sure that there wasn't a, a, a rival for the head coaching job easily yeah. on the coaching staff because you know they scored 34 points. The problem was not the offense particularly in this game. Uh, they could not stop the passing defense. Um, and in fairness... A lot of that was those two passing runs, and one of them, Paul Revis, um, I don't know if he was expecting safety help again, but um, the, the guy just, Goodwin, just burnt past him yeah. on that opening play. And, and sad as it is to say, he's still, the, the criticism is being overdone because that's the nature of the media. I know we are the media, but um, you know, everything is always absolutely amazing, utterly brilliant. But he does seem to have lost half a step. Yeah, well, someone who's, who's not really lost half step is, is Matt Forte. I think he's looking pretty good so far this season. He, he had a pretty slow and steady game, but he ended up with another another hundred yard rushing game, didn't he? Without doing anything particularly remarkable, he churned out hundred yards on thirty carries. Um, yeah, beginning it struggled very much, and he had a few runs. It was a nice twelve yard run and a few others, but generally they didn't open up a lot of space early on. But they just wore the Bills' defense down. But yeah, he is. I've been surprised by how good he looks, not because he isn't a great player, but just at his age to be still being able to play like that I'm mm. very impressed I'm just wondering how much he can do it over the course of the season if he keeps taking the kind of pounding he did on Sunday I think there's a few teams that could do with a, uh, a running back like him at the moment yeah no very much so but um, a lot of the time also it's how, how the, the offensive line is run blocking and there were not a lot of gaps early on and there weren't huge gaps later the, the fits were right but they just worn them down a bit yeah well one thing that, uh, that, that made me have a little bit of a chuckle was the Bills Despite the fact that they were close all the way through this game and ended up with 31 points, they didn't get to take a snap in the red zone until 1 minute and 25 seconds from the end of the game. That's ridiculous. Yes. I mean, the thing was, apart from those long plays, they were really struggling to move the ball on the Jets. Yeah. And they got those... I mean, even the second one. So the first touchdown was basically Revis breaking down in coverage. And the second one, um, Tyrod Taylor did amazingly well to um, escape pressure got out the pocket and um, found um, his receiver, sort of Greg Salas had, had sort of broken off 
mm. and got behind the defense on a, basically on a scramble drill. And so he found him and he went away. So it, when they were actually running the defense, I mean, or sorry, their offense, maybe LeSean McCoy made a few moves and, looked, and flashed a little bit, but he wasn't consistent and they weren't able to get anything particularly consistent going. Yeah. Well, we both picked this one correctly. Uh, both uh, picked the, uh, the Jets on this one. Uh, so that was a, uh, a good start for us for the week. <laughs> Not that it continued for, uh, for most of it. No, it really didn't. <laughs> um, the second game was the it was the Bengals. Uh, it was your game. Uh, the Bengals uh, visiting the Steelers. It's always a bit of a tasty one, this one, at the uh, the top of the AFC North. Main, not not least, really, because because one of these teams usually ends up going on to win that division. Uh, the game ended 16-24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they were winning it all the way through, but the Bengals did manage to keep it close, and, uh, and really they could have taken it to overtime at the last drive, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, it was a frustrating game. We're talking about red zone problems. It was similar with the Bengals, and they had three um, field goals and, and were struggling again. The offense isn't quite clicking. I was very confident about the receivers, but just not quite functioning in the red zone mm. yet. And the, oh, it was a bit pass heavy as again. I think Sam Pisi is still finding his way in his new role as offensive coordinator. And he's already said, I think that he'll fix the, the run pass balance next week. But in fairness, um, Steeders defense is looking pretty good and they were very focused. They're playing too deep a lot, um, or at least it, it it seemed to be. I'd need to check the coaching tape, but they were certainly playing deep and making sure that AJ Green couldn't get free. But then the weather wasn't great, and we were doing something very similar to Antonio um, Brown. So it was kind of it, it was dueling defenses, slugging it out, and the Steelers just managed to make a couple of extra long plays and allowed them to get touchdowns uh, and just eke out that win over the course of the game. Yeah, it was definitely pass heavy. The, uh, the 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 numbers for Andy Dalton were 31 completions at 54 attempts, 360 yards, and a touchdown. But the good the good stat, I suppose, for him, or the really good stat, given what happened last week, was that he only got sacked once. Yeah, um, it was very unusual. And I do think that Jets line is particularly good. Um, the the pace of, of the amount of attempts and yardage is kind of staggering. They've, I mean, it's only two games, so I'm not reading too much into these numbers. But um, if you look at the Bengals site, they're talking about the fact that at this rate, he'd beat, um, he would beat Manning's um, uh, pass attempts record by something like 86 <laughs> and clock in over 5,000 yards. Now, yeah. uh, we don't think that's how they're going to continue. And, and two games of a 16-game season is kind of a ridiculous sample to extrapolate out. But it, no. it kind of demonstrates just how much the the balance has possibly been off at the start of the season as they find their way. The other thing to look at was the fact that one of your running backs, Giovanni Bernard, had the most receiving yards in the game for the, for the Bengals. In fact, for both teams. Yeah, um, that actually doesn't surprise me particularly. They were so much concentrating on on taking away AJ Green and LaFell and Boyd did okay in the receiving game but um, we, we were just having so much success with um, getting Giovanni Bernard out sort of out from the backfield with the mm. little underneath routes that um, once you found something that's working in a game like this you just stick with it How you, uh, are you feeling about the season so far with what you've seen in the first couple of weeks? I'm I'm, I'm not for hitting full panic stations. I mean, I'm slightly worried because the Ravens are looking, you know, they're 2-0 and and looking okay and we're in third and I, it's always a black and blue decision. I know yeah. you said at the start that, um, uh, that it's usually the Bengals or the Steelers, but to be honest, it's usually the Bengals, Stevens or the Ravens. It's a very competitive league. Um, the good thing to remember, of course, is that we've gone 1-1, one and one, but we've on the ro- on the road both games. So... Um, Hopefully things might get a little easier, although, of course, our first game next week at home is welcoming the Broncos. So, yeah, it's not exactly been an easy start to the season. No. Um, well, I uh, I picked this one correctly. Um, I went uh, for the Bengals on this one. You, uh, sorry, no, I you went, didn't. No, I didn't at all. <laughs> 
I went correctly, but I went for the uh, I went for the Steelers. Sorry. Yeah, I thought it would be close and was tempted by the half point, but um, mm. the offensive worries woes were a little more than I was expecting. Yeah. Well, speaking of offensive woes, this uh, the next game was the uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, visiting the New England Patriots. The end. The, the final score was twenty four thirty one to the uh, to the Patriots, but that doesn't really tell the full story of the game. This was absolutely the game that epitomises the term a game of two halves. Um, we looked absolutely awful for the entirety of the first half. Uh, it was it was terrible. It was an awful, awful, awful first half. Did have you had a chance to watch this one, Jay? I, I haven't. I was following the Bengal Steelers, so I had Game Pass on, so mm. I was getting the red zone highlights. So I was aware of how well Garoppolo was playing against you guys in the first half and then him getting injured. And it was sort of like 21 nil, and then it was like 21 3. And I knew it wasn't going well. And then yeah. things happened in the second half, and I had to slip away a bit. So. Um, I think things improved in terms of um, Tannehill and your offense, but yeah. um, the worrying thing for you is when they needed to. Let's get this right: Jacoby Brisket, Brissett, Jacoby Brissett. I knew it was Jacoby from the Jaden Jacoby podcast, so they've been all <laughs> about Jacoby Brissett. But um, the last drive, he he drove down the um, field to win, get the winning touchdown, and you're just looking at it. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a passer rating of 130.8, and Brissett had 100. Hundred point two, which considering that he um, was a third round pick and was the third third line quarterback, doesn't bode well for your defense particularly. No, well, we should probably yeah just just go, uh, talk about that a little bit. The, what said uh, G's on about there is uh, Garoppolo uh, got got tackled uh, in the second quarter really quite badly. I think it was Kiki Alonso uh, hit was. him, put all of his weight on him, um, and and really really hit him hard. Um, and he's he's. While he looked, he looked very good for the first couple of quarters, and while he was playing, he, he looked very cool under pressure. Um, and he was certainly showing that the Cardinals game the other week wasn't a, a fluke. Um, yeah, he got hit very hard. He went off, and he looks like he's going to miss week three as well. So uh, the third choice uh, quarterback, uh, Jacoby Brissett, came on uh, to, to to really seal the game. Um, well, I say seal the game. It was in, still during the second quarter, so there was plenty of time left. Although he didn't pass that much, I thought uh, they they was very run heavy, which as you probably expect, given that they've got their third choice uh, quarterback out. Yeah, you've got your um, first-string quarterback out and a 21-point lead. Yeah, you're going to run the ball and try and eke it out and um, protect what did. you've already got. Which they absolutely did. Um, we were not without our own injury uh, worries. Arian Foster, um, he he went into the game with a hamstring injury, but he did start, uh, but he then left the game again in the second quarter with a uh, with a groin injury. Um we did very well in the second half. We got managed to get things start to get things moving. Started to get some uh, some momentum on the on the offense. And, and actually, Tannehill was looking pretty good as bad as he was looking in the first half. He was actually looking fairly good in the second. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see that. And certainly, apart from the two interceptions, the lines you know certainly picking up, mm. and and that's hopeful. But you, it's not been a great start to the season, has it, for no. either him or the team as a whole? And. I can't say that I'm particularly surprised that Arian Foster's already struggling with injuries. No, I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't a massive fan of the uh, of, of the move when we when we got him. But uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I think he could do a good job as long as we can keep him fit. Well, the bit uh, that worried me was that he went straight in and was like, "Oh yeah, we'll make him the starter." And I'm thinking, as a change of pace guy at that yeah. age, he'd be brilliant. But to make him make him the bell cow was a little bit of a strange decision given his recent in- injury history. I yeah. Thought. I must say I haven't seen what his status is for week three, but uh, 
yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see whether JJ gets a uh, a bit more time, especially well, given that he had the ump the other week, he uh, he's he's managed to get a bit of game time this week mm-hmm. uh, with one thing or another. Uh, well, it all came down to uh, to the last play uh, when when the Dolphins uh, could have taken it into overtime, but unfortunately threw an interception right at the end. Uh, it was uh, it was a bit disappointing. I really I, I was I was starting. I think to text you, didn't I? We could you know what we could actually do this. Um, yes, I was yes. starting to get a bit positive. How, how long after that was the interception thrown? Are you blaming yourself for cursing it? Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not blaming myself. Not on this occasion. Uh, although sometimes I have been known to uh, to, to curse these things. Um, so, do you pick on this correct? This one correctly. I always pick for the uh, the Dolphins, and uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be this week. Uh, so, the uh, the point on that one went to G. Uh, the fourth game, last uh, final game we're going to have a look at in a bit of detail this week is the Packers and the Vikings, another divisional clash. Um, it was the, uh, the the Vikings who came out on top of this one, 17-14 was the final score. Uh, Sam Bradford got his first game for the Vikings um, and the yeah the Packers defence gave him a bit of a hard time, didn't they? They did, but he played really, really well. The Vikings won this with a quarterback who's not had that much practice and with um, Adrian Peterson going down pretty early and even when he was in wasn't effective. Um, looks to be a torn meniscus with hearing, but not sure how long he'll be out for. But yes. this was a really, really good game where both defences played really well. I'm actually pretty impressed with the um, Green Bay defence, but and Sam Bradford managed to get the ball out enough times, even though he got sacked four times. Um, he got 280-odd yards of in, in the air, a couple of touchdowns, yep. and managed to lead the team to a win. One thing I've not, I don't think I've ever seen so many fumbles in one match. They seem to be really targeting um, Aaron Rodgers. They, they, they I think they knocked three balls... They knocked the ball out of his hands three times. And yeah, it, it could have been a lot worse for Green Bay if um, they hadn't managed to fall on so many of their fumbles. I think Vikings only got like two turnovers off about four or five um, fumbles caused. Yeah, well, that's, that's it. I usually love watching Aaron Rodgers. He's, there's, there's very few play, people who are as good at rolling out the pocket and making plays as he is. But this wasn't uh, wasn't really the best example of it, was it, this, this game? No, uh, and in fact, listening to various podcasts and people analyse it, people are beginning to worry about the slump that Rodgers is on because this mm. is all a bit familiar to how it was last year and the talk about um, receivers not getting open and maybe there might be schematic problems. Certainly the line, um, he was getting pressure, but it wasn't all the time. But um, he's just it's, something's not quite right in Green Bay when it comes to that offence. Yeah, well, something that's going very well on the offense for the uh, Minnesota Vikings is, is Stefan Diggs, uh, the Vikings wide receiver. He looked really, really good. Made 182 receiving yards and a couple of touchdowns as well. Yeah, he started playing well last season, and um, I'm not surprised he's doing well again this season. I wasn't expecting him to look quite as good as he has been, but um, a lot of people that I, I listened to were talking about how impressed they've been with him getting yards last last week, just with um, Sean Hill playing quarterback and. and were quite excited about what Sam Bradford could do if the um, Vikings could keep him upright. The, the offensive line worries me a, bit, a little bit for Vikings, and I think they'll have protection issues going forward. There's one moment where um, Peters and Clay Matthews met basically at Sam Bradford in a in a Green Bay Viking sandwich that would yes, you know yeah. <laughs> that Sam Bradford would not have enjoyed being in the middle of. No. Um, but if he can, if they can protect him enough that he doesn't break down an injured, then the Vikings could really push Green Bay by the looks of it for in, in this division and that was not something I was necessarily expecting at the start of the season once um, Teddy Bridgewater had gone down well, that's the other thing obviously with, uh, with with Bridgewater being out and now Peterson being out it, it doesn't look uh, doesn't look great potentially for the Vikings does it as I say if they can protect Bradford and they can keep playing like mm-hmm. this then and that also 
if that should hopefully help them in the running game in that um, if Bradford's being effective and Stefan Diggs is offering a genuine deep threat, then they can't keep stacking the box like they have been for the last couple of seasons because they know that the main weapon is Adrian Peterson or mm. his replacement. Yeah, well, uh, you picked that one right. That was a uh, point for you. And after uh, after this week, the uh, the scores on the Pickham uh, so far are thirteen sixteen to you. <laughs> Uh, so let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the, the games this week then. So in Carolina, the 49ers couldn't quite uh, recreate their dominance of the win last week over the Rams and instead were dominated themselves. Uh, final score was 46 points to 27, giving the Panthers their first win of the season. The Cowboys got their first notch in the win column too. Uh, this one was against the Washington Redskins, who kept them close but couldn't do enough uh, to win the game. Uh, this one finished 27 points to 23. The Giants are unbeaten in their first two. This week they hosted Drew Brees and his New Orleans Saints. Uh, the game finished with uh, just a field goal between the two teams and the score was 13 points to 16. In a game which ended in a surprise for most, the Houston Texans emerged victorious against the Kansas City Chiefs uh, as Brock Osweiler continued to show what he's made of. Uh, the final score in uh, the NRG Stadium in Houston was 19-12. Uh, just one point separated the Lions and the Titans in Detroit. The Titans were the ones travelling uh, home for the uh, with the win, uh, with a final score of 15 points to 16. Uh, another week, another quarterback struggle in Cleveland. Uh, the Browns took a hit as Josh McCown uh, was forced to sit out a few players with an injured shoulder. He did eventually return, uh, but he couldn't do enough to stop the Baltimore Ravens from picking up their second win of the season. and uh, ended 25 points to 20. In an extremely low-scoring affair, the Rams moved back into their spiritual home of LA, uh, and they did so in style-ish. Um, not only picking up the, the win, uh, but also holding the Seahawks in just three points. Uh, it was a very low scorer, but uh, the game ended nine points to three to the LA Rams. The Cardinals got back to winning ways after their Week 1 loss to the Patriots by absolutely uh, taking apart the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Arizona proved too strong for the Bucs, and in the end, uh, they sealed the victory by 40 points to seven. San Diego Chargers got their season off and running too. Uh, at the expense of the winless Jacksonville Jaguars. The final score in San Diego was 38-14. Matt Ryan led his Atlanta Falcons to their first win of the year on Sunday. Uh, their 38-25 victory over the Oakland Raiders in Oakland gave both teams a 1-1 one one record after Week 2. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champions, on the other hand, uh, yet to lose with the Denver Broncos beating the Indianapolis Colts by 34 points to 20 on Sunday night in Denver. And on Monday night, Carson Wentz shone again as his Philadelphia Eagles picked up another win, this time over the Chicago Bears, who they beat by 29 points to 14. Uh, so it was a good week. It was a couple of interesting uh, talking points. Josh McCown obviously was the uh, the biggie. Uh, he, he went off uh, with it with an injury. Uh, it doesn't look particularly good for Cleveland, does it? No. Um, they've lost two quarterbacks in two weeks. Um, yeah. Clipboard Jesus looks like he's going back. Really? Yeah, Charlie Whitehead. Looks like he's going to Cleveland. Ah, interesting. I hadn't heard that one. That'll be fun because they've got a young third rounder who may or may not be ready. So, yeah. um, ah, well, you know, life is interesting for the Browns. In fairness to them, if they're looking for bright spots, um, they did have quite a lead early on against the Ravens. And so mm. it might be that if they could find a line to protect uh, to protect the quarterback and a quarterback who could stay healthy for a little while, that there's something to build on there. But the Browns are punting sort of so far into the future in this rebuild that it's that kind of thing you're going to have to um, grasp to, I think, if you're a Cleveland fan, because I'm not sure they're going to be winning many games anytime soon. No. But um, it's, it's, it was a good week for the NFL, and just that um, 
we're beginning to finally narrow down what's going on with these teams. Uh, it'll be easy to pick them in a couple of weeks, I would imagine, just because we're beginning to learn that maybe Washington aren't good, maybe the Jaguars aren't good. The Giants' defense looks to be much improved from from their off-season work, which is unusual. I, I, I don't like it as a method, but it seems to have worked out for them, so I'm becoming rapidly less skeptical about it. And um, I'm looking forward to next week already. Yeah, was there anything else, anything that particularly stood stood out from, from the other games? Because I think you, didn't you watch another a couple of a couple of other games this week. Well, uh, it was good to see uh, JJ Watt back and looking a bit more like himself. He got a couple of sacks. Um, I quite enjoyed, um, not because I'm being mean, but because it was just nice to see that Antonio Brown is human when he um, <laughs> he looked away and the ball hit him squarely in the chest and hit the floor, and and he just couldn't quite get his hands to it. He was just turning a bit too soon. It was just like, oh my god, you know, he is human. He's not a cyborg. It's a bit like with the JJ Watt inj- injury. At least it reminds you that they're human. But um, I'm still not convinced. You are you not? Uh, not not, Ant- not by JJ Watt. The Steelers are so good at picking receivers. Um, they really, really are. Um, don't want to make belabor the point too much, but um, Sammy Coates, uh, with that long, long um, catch to set up the touchdown, uh, it looks like they've got another one. I don't know how they do it, but boy, that franchise knows how to pick receivers. Well, we'll be heading into week three, so uh, yeah, like you say, so it should start becoming a bit more, a bit, a bit clearer and a bit easier to pick going forward. Hopefully so, but it doesn't usually work out that way. But at least I'll, I'll have a stronger idea of why I'm right or wrong. The ball is loose. It's a fumble. Right, it's time to have a look at the blog and see what G's been writing about this week. Uh, now, as requested, you uh, took a look over the 49ers-Rams game. I believe you focused specifically on the 49ers O-line. Uh, tell us what the uh, thinking behind that was and what you what you found from watching the coaching tape. Yeah, it was. I tend to try and focus in on one thing because um, with coaching tape, if you don't and you try, you, you end up finding you're trying to log everything, and you can lose yeah. half a day easily if the, you're trying to log everything. The O line was a, a Twitter suggestion, wasn't it? Yes, um, Simon from the Gridiron Gentleman was kind enough to suggest it, and it was it gave me a double bonus of being able to watch um, the 49ers offensive line and see what happened there and also that meant I got to focus on Aaron Donald who was obviously the <laughs> Rams' best defensive lineman or Robert Quinn's yes. no slash and what I found was actually they played really well um, they seemed to hold up in pass protection particularly well um, didn't always result in completed passes um, with Blaine Gabbert at, at quarterback and once or twice the pocket sort of gave way and you see this quite a lot with mobile quarterbacks it's quite often you'll see it with um, Aaron Rodgers that um, the pocket will form and then then the sort of the, the seas open before them and the quarterback just sees nothing but space and takes off and he did that almost more successfully past the ball but um, they generally protected very well occasionally doubled on Aaron Donald but often um singled him up and he got through once or twice because you can't keep him quite in the entire game but um, the nearest he came to a sack was a late hit and a roughing the passer 15 yard penalty yeah. and then running they weren't terribly effective but there was the touchdown play I won't go through it now com- completely but it was a beautiful pull block um, from their right guard and um, I went into it in detail on the right up and if you're looking for things to be positive about the 49ers, that running play was really, really beautiful and a sign that, you know, if things come together for Chip Kelly as they go through the season, then, you know, there's something that they could build on there. Yeah. Well, uh, is there anything you're particularly planning on looking at from, from week two in the coaching tape? Um, I don't know yet. I'm going to throw it out for suggestions. Um, we will look and see. I'll have a look at the games and try and pick on something specific. Um, I don't know if you have any suggestions again. Otherwise, I will probably throw out social media and come to it um, nearer the time. Hopefully, um, we'll find something because, you know, help. 
I should make you watch the uh, watch another watch the the nine three this week again, shouldn't I? After uh, after making you watch that uh, last week, but I won't. I won't. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, some uh, points might be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for all that and much more, make sure you stay tuned uh, to the blog for more from G. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? So with week two in the books, it's time to take a look at week three. Uh, and as always, we're going to go through each of the games uh, from the ESPN Pickskin Pick'em uh, and see who we uh, who we fancy this week with the uh, with, with the spread on, on most, on well, on all games. Uh, so the first game is the, the Thursday night game. It's the Texans making the uh, trip to... Uh, Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. Uh, this is a straight up. Who do you think is going to win? And I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, it's difficult this week for the Patriots, isn't it? It is because they're at home on a short week with you know first string quarterback, but Belichick has been so good. But the Texans mm. are looking quite good. I might lean Texans, and yeah. I've regretted. I'd usually regret picking against Belichick, but their front. Fr- in all seriousness, um, when you've got Whitney Merciless, um, Jadavian Clowney beginning to look really good, and JJ Watt, then that pass rush is really quite fearsome. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. Uh, I think I'm going to be controversial, and I think I'm. I don't know if it is controversial. I still think the, the Patriots are going to do it personally. I'm leaning Texans, but I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cardinals visiting the Bills. Uh, four and a half points head start given to the, the Bills on this one. Yeah, Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, <laughs> enough said. Um, <laughs> Just win, baby. That's it. Uh, third game is your game. It's the uh, the Bengals uh, taking uh, on the Broncos, and, and you get two and a half points taken off you on this. Yeah, and I think that's crazy because um, I know we're at home, but the Broncos' defences look really good. In fairness, our defences look pretty solid, and they might stop Trevor Simeon. I expect a low, close, tense affair, and I think I'm leaning Broncos as a yeah. as a kind of um, win-win situation. Yep, I'm going Broncos as well. Uh, Dolphins, Browns. I hope that I really hope that the the uh, we can get a win on this one uh, we're get, we get nine and a half points second off that's even that's big enough to even make me think about not going for the, the Dolphins I have to say given that the, the Browns lost by like five points to a 2-0 and o team I think that is kind of a, a crazy line but the idea is to get 50-50 action on both sides of it and that can mm. be the only explanation because yeah I'm thinking possibly Browns on that it, it, well, yeah, I, I, I'm going to pick the Dolphins, but I want to pick the Browns. I want it known now that I want to pick the Browns. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, Packers-Lions, seven and a half points taken off the Packers on this. See, I really don't know, because the Detroit Lions just lost to the Tennessee Titans, didn't they? Yeah, by point. But equally, the Packers haven't looked themselves. I can see the Packers right. winning. And also, the important thing about this is the Packers are finally at home, and that's like the first time in four weeks that they're at home. But yeah. um yeah that's a lot of points. It is. Packers, oh. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking Packers in- initially, but I could change between now and Sunday. I'm just thinking, uh, 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 who do I trust more in this, Matt Stafford or Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> if it comes down to that, yeah. Oh, I'm not even now. You've put even more of a question in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> um, Raiders Titans one and a half points second off the Titans on this. So what the hell do we make of the Raiders? Given that um, Atlanta have not looked good for a while, and suddenly they mm. ship thirty-eight points to them. Um, I know. Oh, yeah, I mean the Titans aren't great, but in fairness, I'm guessing Raiders are just on the grounds that the, the Titans shouldn't be giving points to anybody. But I'm, I'm not sold on, the, and much less confidence on this Raiders team all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm. I am going for Raiders. I think. Fair enough. Um, next game, the Vikings-Panthers. 
This is a great game. This will be a good one. This will be a really good one. Have Sky picked this one for the early game? No. I might end up watching this. Yeah, you will do, because if you remember, I was tweeting about it earlier, picking up from uh, one of the guys from um, the Gridiron podcast, because um, they've <laughs> inexplicably picked um, Washington at Giants. Mm. So both the um, Bengals game and the Carolina game are not blacked out. Come on then, make your pick for both of those, the Vikings-Panthers and Redskins-Giants. I'm tempted with the Vikings defence to pick them to cover, probably in a loss, but just six and a half points is a lot. And I fancy the Giants to beat Washington by more than four and a half at home. I'm beginning to believe in the Giants defence and I'm beginning to think that Washington is going wrong. I am going Panthers and Giants in those two games. I I might join you with the Panthers, but I I do have a lot of faith faith in Mike Zimmer and that Vikings D is good, man. Yeah, it is. Um, Ravens going to Jacksonville for the ja- to play the Jaguars. This is a, a straight who's going to win. Ravens, and I think it'll be. Oh, I was about to say, and I think it's going to be the Jags. I don't know because the Jaguars have lo- gone zero and two and gone one and one for me in picks. Um, yeah, Jaguars are zero and two. Baltimore Ravens are two and zero. Yeah, uh, it's a pick 'em. I- I- I'm beginning to believe in the Ravens. Yeah, I I think it's going to be the first win for the for the Jaguars personally. Um, Rams Buccaneers. Hmm. I think it's got to be Bucks. I think um, James Winston back at home. He's not going to throw four interceptions against that defense, is he? Although that that defensive line is good, but I'm not sure about the secondary. So we'll see. I was very torn on this one when I was I was trying to pick. Yeah. I think I'm I, I think I'm going to go for the Rams. I'm I'm thinking Rams initially. Yeah. Mm, don't know. Um, 49ers Seahawks again. This is another. This is another really difficult one. I don't think so. Do you not think even with nine and a half points? No, I think specifically because it isn't the 49ers Rokeown defense. They okay. They got battered last week, but they they were going against Panthers in a terrible spot. They were going from Monday night at home to on the road against the Panthers, who'd been off since Thursday the night before and were desperate for a win. That was a terrible situation for them. And although they're on the road again in in Seattle, that offensive line has huge, huge problems. And I think, you know, Seahawks might run out gritty winners again, but I I don't believe that the Seahawks have a nine and a half win against anybody at the moment. No, I I, I think you're right. I'm going to go for the 49ers, uh, I think, on that one. Um. Right off through the last few games then. Uh, so we've got the San Diego Chargers visiting the Colts. How the hell should I know? <laughs> the Chargers just won big, which I really wasn't expecting, despite not only losing Keenan Allen last week, but now they've lost Danny Woodhead. Um, the Colts have no defence whatsoever. Um, Andrew Luck looks looks better, but or back to himself, but um, they've done such a rotten job of um, building around him. Um I really don't know because I don't have a handle on the charge either team really yet enough to pick this one. Um, yeah. uh, I maybe Colts, but I, actually no, maybe the Chargers just because I trust Philip Rivers. I trust both quarterbacks. It's it's the teams around them that are terrifying, and I really don't know how to pick that. Well, I'm, I'm going for the Colts on that one. I'm going to uh, going to pick the uh, the Colts. I'm going to stick with with them, even though they're winning so far. Uh, Jets Chiefs. I'm leaning Jets. I, I like yeah. the Chiefs, but I just think they've got some injury bits and pieces that are worrying the defence isn't really firing. I'm beginning to believe in the Jets. Yeah, I'm going to go for Jets as well. Um, Steelers-Eagles uh, on Sunday night, three and a half points. Steelers-Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. I'm going to go Steelers as well. Uh, Bears-Cowboys? I'm going to nervously pick the Cowboys. That, the, the five... 
Five and a half points giving away does worry me, but I've not seen a great amount of anything in the in the um, Bears to make me pick them. Yeah, Bears don't look good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cowboys. I think. Um, and then the final game, the Monday night game, uh, the Falcons versus the Saints. This is a close one for me, but I think I'm going for the New Orleans Saints. I think I might be tossing a coin. It's a bit like. Um, the game earlier I got into trouble with the Chargers Colts the Falcons haven't been reliable so how do you pick and then the Saints have a great offense because they've got a quarterback who can do um, everything and a defense that's really not very good yeah well, like I say, uh, it's sixteen thirteen to you uh, going into uh, into week two. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how uh, how things pan out for, for for week three. I felt that one way up here. Well, that'll just about do it for another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again this week. Uh, we'll be back as ever next week uh, with a look at the action from week three and also ahead. Uh, to week four, uh, which will be an interesting one because my dolphins are playing your Bengals as well on Thursday night football. So who day, baby? Who day? <laughs> uh, let's not get competitive yet. Uh, in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast uh, to get it delivered straight to you each Thursday night uh, and also make sure to check out the blog uh, not not just have a look at the divisional pick and picks uh, but also to keep up with what G's been writing during the week that's all at thewrongfootball.com uh, if you want to get in touch with us either make uh, sure you drop us a line a tweet by email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week reading 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 Bye. 